Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. This is ridiculous, Batman. I can leave tall buildings. I'm more powerful than a locomotive. I shoot lasers out of my eyes, and I'm faster than a bullet. Don't power shame me, okay? My supreme intelligence, which I worked for, just saved you from flying to Nazi Germany and getting taken under the influence of the Spear of Destiny. Do you want to be a Nazi? Why are you pausing? No, no, of course not. No, you know I have supersonic hearing, right? So I was just hearing the tears of children from around the world, okay? Maybe you wouldn't understand. Well, listen to this. Hitler's got the Spear of Destiny, and if you go there, or any other hero with powers goes there, they will immediately be put under his control. I've never felt this helpless. Welcome back to Fraudsters. I'm Cena Gasby. Justin Williams is here. What's up, Justin? Amazing Batman impression there. Amazing. You you are the new Batman. I am the hero that Gotham needs. <laughs> so today, like we teased on the last episode, we're going to continue down the strange tunnel that is frauds that stem from the Third Reich. Whereas the Hitler Diaries never existed, today's episode is about something that technically existed but someone just made up an elaborate story about it. You know, like the coming revisionist histories of the Trump administration. <laughs> exactly. So today we're going to be covering the Spear of Destiny, a.k.a. the Lance of St. Longinus, a.k.a. the Hofburg Spear, a.k.a. the Holy Lance, a.k.a. the Vienna Lance. Our fraudster of the day is Trevor Ravenscroft. And in his 1973 occult classic, Spear of Destiny, the occult power behind the spear which pierced the side of Christ, Hitler was obsessed with the magical power of the spear in his quest for domination. But it's weird. Why would we do an episode on this, Justin? First, let's think about what occult even means. And occult really means the search for some sort of hidden knowledge. And it consists of bits of tradition and beliefs that may seem mundane to us, but actually hold secret and magical powers. What could be more fraudulent than secret and magical powers? <laughs> okay, but here's the real turning point. Ravenscroft's book was listed as nonfiction, as history. Justin, how does this happen? Is there is there a clearinghouse for stuff like this to ensure this doesn't happen? 
Yes, usually they're uh, published on uh, academic presses is uh, one of the ways that you can kind of get a sense of whether something's been peer-reviewed, you know? But, you know, in this case, it just went right to Barnes & Noble. So, in, in 1973, the book is published, and it gets traction. David Bowie, David Bowie of all people, while he was doing a ton of cocaine, actually fell in love with this book. He fell in love with the Spear of Destiny. And it starts to appear everywhere in little parts of society. And it bleeds into our cultural fabric that kind of just exists in the background. And this Spear of Destiny comes up because it provides yet another explanation on how Hitler became so powerful. Even in the Superman comics that we were just kind of joking about up top. The DC Universe uses the Spear of Destiny. So the reason that Superman and other heroes didn't intervene in World War II was because of the power of the Spear of Destiny. They thought if they if they went over there, because a lot of the DC Universe takes place in that like 1930s, 1940s period, they thought if they went over there, they would all of a sudden be put under the influence of Hitler and be turned into Nazis themselves. Now... That's when you know a fraud becomes a form of truth. Like Cleo being part of the zeitgeist, this spear all of a sudden is the same thing. It's like, takes on a life of its own. It doesn't matter where it is, if it exists, or whether or not it's true. It's a story that some of us can relate to as truth. And for a lot of people, I would say almost 70 million Americans, that's plenty. So who is Trevor Ravenscroft? He was born in 1921 and died in 89. He is actually a commando in World War II and spent four years in a German POW camp. There, he said he had experienced higher levels of consciousness. And I can only imagine what a POW camp was like back then. But this experience is what got him into studying the legend of the Holy Grail and the history of the uh, Spear of Destiny after the war. I heard that the POW camps are actually pretty funny. Like, have you ever seen uh, Hogan's Heroes? <laughs> it was just like a fun sketch comedy group that they had there. Yeah. So to talk about this more, because, you know, Justin and I are not occult experts. We're not experts on this stuff. We're, we're fraud guys. You know, we've got our own special areas of expertise. But we wanted to bring in an expert, someone that has deep knowledge of all things Third Reich, all things with the occult. You all know him. He is the co-host of Last Podcast on the Left and No Dogs in Space and a founding father of the Last Podcast Network, <laughs> Marcus Parks. Welcome to the show. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Oh, my God. So good. I mean, it, it technically, so everyone should know, it's the day before the election. So, I mean, tensions are high. Yeah, they are. Now, that uh, here in Greenpoint, they're, uh, I wouldn't say they're, I mean, they're pretty normal here in Greenpoint. Tensions are always kind of high here in Greenpoint, but it's fine. How is it in Newark, Justin? Uh, tensions are very uh, normal because no Trump supporters live here. There's like two of them. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> the whole city. So it's all good. We're all good on that. So, Marcus, you know, when I uh, first talked to you about this, you immediately, about the Hitler Diaries, you immediately were like, oh, you got to get into the sphere of destiny. And I was yes. like, what? I was like, of course, Marcus told me about the Spear of Destiny. Of course, who else would be able to share <laughs> knowledge about something like this? And so, 
You know, we've been talking about these Hitler diaries and how amazing it is that, you know, for years, people have always been thinking about the different stories about what happened to Hitler, right? Like, he didn't shoot himself in the bunker, that he was a hermit living as a fisherman in Italy, or that he was, like, doing, like, a sheep herder in the Swiss Alps, or he's, like, doing all these different things, living his life, and, like, working at a casino, I think, was one story. But the diaries themselves became their own kind of narrative their own kind of source material for whatever crazy person that wanted to get them and that kind of leads us to here to the spear of destiny is that right i think so i mean it absolutely does because with uh hitler and uh, and the nazis in particular you know everyone wants to know why that that's the big question that's why people are so fascinated with nazis to this day why they're so fascinated with hitler to this day there was a new hitler biography that just came out like two years ago like what more could you possibly know about hitler and it was a fucking bestseller and it was pretty good (laughs) it was pretty it was pretty interesting but i think with with the nazis in particular like when people are asking the question why i think the question that they're really asking is how Mm. how did this happen like how did hitler get to the point where he he could direct all of these things. How did he get to the point where he could not only, where he not only had it in him to make these things happen, but how did he make it happen? How did he get all of these people to follow him? Uh, and how did he get them to do, to commit the worst atrocities in, in human history? It's almost like he had to have some sort of extra power, some su- some supernatural yep. power that that beyond, beyond his normal human, you know, uh, discourse. And that's where the Spear of Destiny comes in. <laughs> although the Spear, although it wasn't a huge hit, it wasn't a giant, it wasn't like a media, it wasn't a sensation like the Hitler Diaries was. <laughs> it was definitely under the radar. Like the uh, the publisher is Samuel Weiser Inc. Mm. Don't even know who the fuck that is. Mm. But this book actually shows up uh, in you know uh, strange places in history because what. What spirit? What the spirit of destiny was is um, that this book, this guy, his no shit, his name is Trevor Ravenscroft, the guy that wrote it. Sounds like a character in a video game. Yeah, it. I mean, it sounds like somebody's fucking D and D handle. Yeah, like that. That's that's the like that's the guy that I'm cosplaying as this week is Trevor Ravenscroft. <laughs> uh, so Trevor Ravenscroft contended that Hitler was obsessed with this object called the Spear of Destiny. And the Spear of Destiny is something that shows up in uh, the Catholic religion a lot, is one of the uh, the holy relics. The Spear of Destiny is the spear that the centurion Longinus used to pierce the side of Jesus Christ and therefore end his suffering before you know all of his bones were broken and so on and so forth. Uh, so the story in Christian mythos is that he who holds the spear of destiny cannot be defeated in battle of course and that supposedly like charlemagne the great had the spear of destiny and the moment that the spear of destiny fell from his hands that's when charlemagne was killed that's when charlemagne for the breakfast club charlemagne (laughs) (laughs) shit i knew he was good but fuck man that's why you can't shake that guy (laughs) so trevor ravenscroft uh wrote this quote-unquote non-fiction book uh that said that hitler was actually uh an owner of the spear of destiny and that hitler was in actuality some sort of super sorcerer that he had actually tapped into the powers of the Spear of Destiny and that he had been uh, obsessed with the Spear of Destiny from a young age, uh, eventually got a hold of it, and then once he lost it, boom, shot himself in the head and lost World War II. 
and none of it's true. None of it's true. <laughs> so that's what I was going to say. You mentioned that it's non-fiction. What exactly did he use uh, to to create his non-fiction uh, you know, book here? What he said, this is what he said. He said that he was going off of the notes of this guy named Walter Stein. Uh, and Walter Stein was, uh, you know, supposedly a guy who had done a lot of research. He had a little bit of inside knowledge with the Nazis. And he decided that he was going to write a book that finally blew the lid off of all of these Nazi occult leanings. Because, I mean, the, the whole Nazi and occult thing, like, it's kind of, it's one of those weird side roads of history where it did exist. You know, the the Nazis were into the Theosophical Society. They were into era, uh, Arisophacy, Arias. I, I can never say that word right, but it's pretty much uh, taking the Aryan race and mixing it with like Christianity and all that. Like the the Nazis were absolutely into the occult, but Trevor, but not quite as much as someone like Trevor Ravenscroft wants to make it like the main focus. Like the the Nazis were an occult uh, organization that ruined the entire world. Not quite that. It was more of a hobby. Uh, but what <laughs> Ravenscroft said was that he uh, and this guy Walter Stein, like he had decided he's going to write this book. Walter Stein's going to blow the lid off of the whole fucking thing. But three days after he decides to write it, Walter Stein dies. Whoa. Shit. So Trevor Ravenscroft must now do this all on his own. The only problem is Trevor Ravenscroft never actually met Walter Stein. He did. Trevor Ravenscroft did get some notes from Walter Stein's widow, but he maintained that he wrote the rest of the book by performing seances to speak with Walter Stein beyond the grave. And he said this in 100% seriousness. So technically, The Spear of Destiny, the book, is co-written by a dead guy. As a historian, I can say that is very sound historical methodology when you uh, <laughs> speak with someone through seance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so yeah. tough to wrap my brain around. So, and, and I guess this pub. By the way, um, what was the publisher again? Because we need to find a way to get a book with these guys. Because they'll <laughs> take anything. <laughs> Yeah, Samuel Weiser Inc. At least that was the American publisher. Uh, this was, of course, like, all these like Ravenscroft was British. Like this is all originally put out uh, in England. Uh, but the narrative in it, like the story, that's it's terribly written. Uh, it's very badly written. But the story in it is actually really fun because it contends that Adolf Hitler, how he got into all, like how he realized that he was the the guy that was gonna bring Germany back and he was the guy that was gonna make Germany great again. Like he decided all this during a peyote trip and what <laughs> and what and what uh trevor ravenscroft said was that he hitler actually met a dwarf who ran an occult bookstore in vienna a guy named hans Lodes. hans Lodes hans convinced Lodes. him <laughs> Hans Lodes, come on. And his brother drops loads. <laughs> Thank you. And his cousin shoots loads. They're all over the plate. <laughs> so apparently what Trevor Ravenscroft and he he makes all of these claims that he has no idea of knowing. He has no clue how he could know any of this shit. But supposedly Hans Lodes was Hitler's trip sitter. 
and Hitler hallucinated a series of past lives that convinced him that he was the rebirth of the villain Klingzor from the Wagner opera Parsifal because Hitler believed that, uh, that Parsifal was based on Landolf of Capua an actual person. And then Hitler supposedly saw the Spear of Destiny in uh, the Vienna archives in a museum in Vienna. And he decided, and I actually do have to read from the book. Please do. Uh, for this, this small, this very small, uh, but important part of the story when Hitler finally, after he has his trip, and when he finally um, decides that the Spear of Destiny is the way to go. And I've got to read this in my best uh, British documentary filmmaker <laughs> voiceover. Please. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Adolf Hitler, reversing the morality of Christendom in one fell blow, stood before the spear which had pierced the side of Christ and made an irreversible vow to worship evil. <laughs> history! This is real history! <laughs> and, and Hitler went to Burning Man, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, this is the worst Indiana Jones script I've ever read. <laughs> well, it even gets into all that shit where it gets into the Holy Grail. The, you know, supposedly uh, Hitler was obsessed with the Holy Grail first, and then he realized that the Spear of Destiny uh, was a much more powerful relic. Did, did this get passed off initially as as nonfiction? Like, how long did it take for people to not believe it or to debunk it? It took a little while, uh, for, oh. but it also took a little while for people to really pay much attention to it, uh, because when it first came out, it was mostly just put out in the occult sections. You know, he tried getting taken seriously as uh, a very serious historian. He very much tried, uh, but at first it just sat in the occult sections when it came out in the 70s. And the very interesting thing about Spear Destiny is that it does have a bearing on history, but in music history, because around 1973, 
David Bowie got a hold of a copy of The Spear of Destiny. Oh, and Bowie took it as fucking fact. Because oh, he didn't, I mean, he didn't know. He had no idea. It's 1973. Wait, Who's going to... <laughs> I mean, that's not an excuse. <laughs> that's, that's not, the seven, I mean, was your excuse just now the 70s? <laughs> dude, if I'm going to tell you the honest truth, like I found it, I found it in a used bookstore. I think like a half price book somewhere in Texas. Like, because I, I used to go to half price books all the time to, you know, find subjects for uh for last podcast episodes and i found this and i was like holy shit because the the front cover says the spear of destiny the occult power behind the spear which pierced the side of christ and how hitler inverted the force in a bid to conquer the world and i was like fuck yeah yes yes like we're fucking all we're it, man we're in it and i'm fucking and i'm reading it and not because i'm not a fucking historian and i especially was nowhere near as meticulous as I am about research as I was back then when I first got it. But this was one of my first big lessons uh, is that I got about 100 pages into it, like thinking like, man, I fucking discovered something here <laughs> that people are going to go crazy for. Like, we're going to blow the lid off of this shit. It's one of those things that I'm sure, you know, you as a historian, we were like, man, why don't people know about this? <laughs> like, why isn't this like, a big deal like everywhere and then i got about 100 pages in and then kind of thought like wait a minute <laughs> i don't know if hitler ever had a peyote trip with a fucking trip sitter named hans loads i better look into this a little bit more and then i looked at i looked it up and immediately saw oh yeah it's bullshit but you also have to remember david bowie in 1973 was doing a lot of a cocaine lot of, a lot of drugs a lot of drugs you know so much cocaine yeah. but the thing is that Bowie took it as absolute fact and he wasn't really into hallucinogens, but what Bowie kind of figured after reading this is that, you know, he saw that Hitler took a shortcut to transcendence that, you know, suppose like he's not, of course he's not a Nazi or anything like that, but he's taking it as like a lesson. It's like, this is how a quote unquote great man of history took a shortcut. I always say, if you want to learn how to excel, you got to study your enemies, you know, Roger Stone. <laughs> I like that document. I know your enemies. Absolutely. If, Hit, if Hitler's doing TM, you, we got to do TM. <laughs> I've actually exactly. picked up on Roger Stone's habit of having weird Florida swingers parties. That's actually something I've incorporated <laughs> in my strategy. That's great. <laughs> so, like, David Bowie took the Spear of Destiny, he combined it with another book called The Morning of the Magicians, and he combined those two things with a screening of The Triumph of the Will that he attended with Mick Jagger, and that is how Bowie, all those things together, is how Bowie created his character the thin white duke for 1976's station Holy to station shit so if it wasn't for spear of destiny then station to station wouldn't exist at least not in the form that we know it like and that's my favorite bowie album so it's fucking it's these small little th like these small little ripples that a complete and total bullshit artist can have on history is amazing Why do you think you were into it and thought it was real for the first hundred pages? Oh, because it's a better story than reality. Like, because it does give you that 
why. It gives you that how. Like, it does give you, because, you know, the, the evil of the Nazis truly does seem supernatural. Like, it doesn't seem real. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like people can actually be capable of this shit. And when someone gives it a supernatural edge and when someone uh, gives you kind of a reason to think like, okay, maybe human beings aren't as terrible as I think they are. If there's some sort of satanic influence or if there's some sort of occult influence, then maybe that makes a little bit more sense. It's very, uh, it's very seductive. You know, it's a lot of the, it's also a lot of the reason why people believe like in conspiracy theories uh, is that they would so much rather believe that the world is actually a neat orderly place where you know there are definitely evil people involved but at the very least someone's driving there's somebody behind the wheel even if they are evil and because the evil people are behind the wheel we can blame all of our problems we can look at the way you know all the ways that our life sucks we can look at them we can point at them and say life sucks because of them and that way we can get rid of this nagging doubt and this knowledge that we all have deep down inside that life is chaos and everything is chaos and things happen for no reason all the fucking time and the reasons why life is bad and the reasons why people do things the reasons why people do awful shit the reasons why are enormously complicated and take a very very long time to understand and to explain this makes it simple this is i love this because it fits right in with a lot of what we talk about is about that reality distortion field and what i hear there is that a lot of people want to run away from accepting the chaos and give themselves a reason or a way of understanding the world that makes sense to them and mm -hmm. you know a, a plumber came the other day and he was a big libertarian trump supporter and he's in my bathroom doing work and we're arguing about politics which i find to be a very dangerous thing to do when a man is operating on your toilet and so <laughs> We're going back and forth, and we agree that there are aliens that do exist. And then he was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, we found some common ground. And then he was like, you know, but the government doesn't know how to do anything. I don't want to pay any taxes. Also, 9-11 was a government conspiracy. And I was just like, <laughs> man, government can either be organized murderers or they're, you know, chaotic idiots. I don't see how they could be both. I just I actually pay more taxes for more 911s. That's the whole thing. The reason why I pay. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it's also like it goes back into like QAnon and and shit like that where it, it's you know, it, it it really it is the same sort of impulse because you know QAnon believers, along with people who believe in shit like the Spear of Destiny, uh, there's this smugness that comes from having secret knowledge uh, that I know things that nobody else knows. I know how the world works. I know why things are bad. Nobody else knows how the world works and nobody else knows why things are bad. Uh, and that's, you know, and that again, it's very seductive. Like the feeling of smugness uh, and the feeling of certainty is something, and I, well, actually I think it is a feeling of certainty. That's what people are looking, that's what humans look for in all things is certainty. And how do you, when you're even doing your shows and your research and you're seeing like a conspiracy theory, because a lot of this, you know, from our standpoint for fraudsters, there's like the fraudster that truly believes in what they're doing, that doesn't mm -hmm. understand what they're doing. Is and then there's the ones that are just like, I know what I'm, I'm a sociopath. I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm taking advantage. How in like the Trevor Ravencroft thing, like. How do you determine if he's like a fraudster or just like a, a, a true believing tinfoil cap wearing lunatic? 
Well, there was a rumor that's never been substantiated uh, that Trevor Ravenscroft originally uh, submitted this book to his publisher as fiction. And his publisher said, you know, this will sell a lot better if you just say it's all true. Uh, that's a rumor that's unsubstantiated. I, that I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> unsubstantiated. And, if they, and that might also be one of those things where people are just uh, they're they're just speculating that, like, how could anyone possibly like how could someone possibly put this forward as nonfiction with a straight fucking face and try to get a publisher um, to publish it? I think with him, uh, of course, he couldn't have believed his own bullshit because he made so much of it up and he got so many historical facts wrong. He got them purposefully wrong uh, where he, because the Spear of Destiny itself, like the artifact that is supposed to be the Spear of Destiny does exist. You know, it was in Vienna. Hitler did steal it uh, or the Nazis did steal it under Hitler's direction. Uh, But it was a part of a big, you know, kind of sweep because, you know, the Nazis were very famous for stealing artifacts and for stealing works of art. Uh, It got swept away. It got taken to a um, storage room somewhere. Some people say it was sent to Antarctica with (laughs) a lot of the other uh, Nazi artifacts. That one's a little, that's iffy, but but we do know it was sent somewhere else uh, and eventually it was returned to Vienna once, you know, they found the Nazi treasure hoard. Um, But after it was returned uh, in recent years, uh, a BBC television special actually did some tests on this so-called Spear of Destiny uh, and found that it was actually from the 7th century AD. Uh, it was one of those, and I mean, it. if you want to take a little bit further, even the Spear of Destiny in itself is a religious fraud. Um, it's one of those Catholic uh, ceremonial artifacts where they would say, this is very real. This is one of those things that, like, this is real. Come, touch the Spear of Destiny. Bask in the splendor of the tool that was merciful upon our Lord. And also, do you think maybe you could uh, put a little bit in the collection plate while you're here? <laughs> maybe. Maybe pay a little bit of money while you're here. That, that might be cool. Um, it's one of those. You know, Catholicism is full of shit like that. Full of fake artifacts. Um, and there's, and furthermore, there's like three different fucking spears that claim to be the Spear of Destiny. To this day, this one's just the most well-known one. Uh, but one of the things that Trevor Ravenscroft got wrong uh, and li- and just straight up lied about was saying that the Spear of Destiny was, um, that Hitler died as soon as the Spear of Destiny was out of his possession. That oh, he I said, see. the moment the Spear of Destiny was no longer in Hitler's possession, that is when he died. Oh, that seems logical. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, it just ignore it ignores quite a bit of history and is just a, a flat out lie. That's actually what went wrong with the invasion of the Soviet Union during winter. It was actually the spear of destiny. <laughs> it wasn't the fact that German tanks were ill-equipped for the Russian tundra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the spirit of Operation Barbarossa is a great idea. That was the spear of destiny. Yeah, it was all the spear of destiny's fault. <laughs> But even the Barbarossa that goes back to Hitler's uh, fascination with uh, Wagner and, you know, German German history. Marcus, how do you think Hitler died? He shot himself in the head. 
Yeah, he did not. Go, he did not go to Argentina. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> Operation Gray Wolf? Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, something weird. Yeah, so I think yeah, Operation Gray Wolf. Or no, he was not airlifted out of Berlin to live out his life in Argentina, like the fucking Simpsons joke. The Ina Manuten, Ina Manuten, like that. Das Autophone ist ein nuisance phone. No, that didn't happen. Uh, Hitler, he shot himself, and 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 that's it. One of the things that we covered last week in our Hitler Diaries episode is that they used a lot of actual history. I don't even know what real history is anymore, frankly, because yeah. the guy who the... So the British intelligence used this guy, Trevor Roper, to go and be the guy. He was a history guy, and he, he was like, I'm going to go and tell you the story of what happened in the last days of Hitler. And he actually wrote a book, The Last Days of Hitler, right? Yeah. And so they talked about the plane crash that supposedly had all of his uh, tr you know, treasure trove of all of these like personal documents and everything like that. This guy was one of the first guys to authenticate the, the fake diaries. And so... <laughs> When you are confronted with something like that, and even in the work that you're doing on um, last podcast on the left, sometimes the people that you are supposed to trust to be truth tellers get it super wrong. So how do you how do you negotiate that with yourself when you're trying to figure out what a what a real story is? It's very hard to say anything is the truth unless you have multiple sources. Uh, unless you have multiple different people saying like, this is exactly how this happened. Uh, and if I don't have multiple sources, especially in something that's so pivotal, you know, like something that's like, this changes the way we think about everything. <laughs> like when something says that, it's like, uh, I need two things that make us change the way we think about everything. One thing isn't good enough. And so when, when we're doing research on last podcast, if there is like that one thing uh, that like say like, you know, how... A serial killer might like kill a victim, or how a serial killer uh, hunts a victim, or something like that. It's like if he did this one victim in a different way than he did all the others, then it changes everything we know about him. You know, like it changes the whole fucking thing. It changes how he killed, why it changes all the why. So when we come across something like that, if it's a good detail, and if it's f and most specifically if it's funny, uh, then we will say it. But we will say like. I only found one source for this. I only found one person that says this. So it, it's unless they're, yeah, I'm not going to change the way I think about everything unless you give me two sources and they better be fucking When solid. it comes to uh, the Spear of Destiny, were there a lot of, you know, Nazi sympathizers that believed in it? Was did that who it caught on with? No. No, no, it, came, it, it caught on with occult nerds. Uh, <laughs> it caught on with magic nerds, like that people like David Bowie, because David Bo like David Bowie was, uh, he was a gigantic magic nerd. Like if yeah. you look at especially like Hunky Dory, like all of it. Like I mean, we did a whole fucking episode on it. Yeah, uh, we did a whole episode, David Bowie and the occult. We did it right after he died. Uh, that goes through all of the occult shit that David Bowie was into throughout the years. It was written for people like him, you know. And there are other musicians that are like fucking Glenn Danzig. Love Loves this book, uh, <laughs> fucking Glenn Danzig from the Misfits. Like there was a and Danzig actually got into trouble once uh, because he was doing some sort of interview with someone. They were in his house, and he pulled this book out and, and he said, "Every child in America should read this fucking book." Welcome to my book collection. This is just part of my book collection. Uh, I got all kinds of stuff here. The Werewolf by Montague Summers. This is great. 
There's lots of great werewolf stories in here, all documented, all true. And um, there's one in particular that's great where they're looking for this guy who's accused of being a werewolf, and he comes out of this clearing shaking a baby in his mouth. That's pretty cool. <laughs> the kind of stuff I like to read. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Occult Roots and Nazism. Every school child should have this book. You can learn a lot from this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> he wasn't serious, but Danzig's also not known for... Uh, it's what Henry Rollins said about... Uh, what Henry Rollins said about Glenn Danzig. He does not have a wide berth for humor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Isn't Danzig a Nazi sympathizer? Isn't he? Glenn da- isn't he no, that, that's why people think that Danzig's a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> because of that. Because Danzig was like, he was joking, and he's like, yeah, you know, like, look at this. Yeah, I fucking love, you know. And that's why people think that Danzig is a <laughs> Nazi sympathizer. I can't imagine why they would think that. Why would they, how could they do that? <laughs> we also, we did a whole series, on No Dogs in Space, we did a whole series on The Misfits. And we talk about, like, Danzig and, like, how many times Danzig has said something really fucking stupid really fucking dumb <laughs> and it you know came back to bite him in the ass but that's how it is with all those fucking punk guys they said so many stupid things and so i mean we're if this t- we're working on a series uh on a joy division right now so we're i mean you know the origin of joy division the I, name joy I, division i don't actually know Joy Division was it came from uh, and actually this is somewhat an interesting thing for you know y'all series as well it kind of goes into it uh, back in um, the fifties and sixties in Israel there was a series of Holocaust exploitation novels uh, that were sexualizing the Holocaust. You know, they would go the other way where it'd be like sexy SS guards. And they were hugely popular, particularly in Israel. And one of these books was about what is it is actually like factually correct. The Joy Division, which the Joy Division, that was the Nazis names. That was the Nazis name for uh, women that they would essentially uh, force to have sex with them. Like, you know, that they would force them into sexual slavery. They oh. called it the Joy Division. Uh, and the members of Joy Division read that book. And at the time in England, like in the early, in the mid to late 70s, like they were uh, obsessed with Nazism because it was something that you didn't think about, but it was also very much a part of everybody's reality. It was something that no one was supposed to talk about. And the not, the punks back then were trying to piss everybody off as badly as possible. So let's go with some Nazi shit and really piss people off because you know, it was a different, uh, it was a different way of looking at things than we look at them now. Like now we have the resurgence. Back then, Nazis were dead and gone. Like in the mid to late 70s, this was before the, once the National Front came in, in England, shit changed again. Because once the National Front came in, like Joy Division had to back up a lot and had to tell, because National Front members were showing up to concerts and, you know, doing Zig Heils. And they had to come and be like, Get the fuck away from us. Stay the fuck out of here. Same thing with Dead Kennedys, with California Uberalis, which it was a satire. And Nazi, so many Nazis had started coming to their shows that they had to write a song called Nazi Punks Fuck Off. Wow. You know, it really, it's the whole Nazi thing, like really the cultural uh, aftershocks of the Nazis for me is, you know, I guess now at this point in my life, it's so much more fascinating than 
you know, the actual Nazis themselves and how we've dealt with it and like the collective trauma of Nazis and World War II and all that and how that's still reverberating today. Yeah, exactly. We still got them. I tell you Justin. how you deal yeah. with it. You sucker punch one of them at a Warp Tour concert in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> what was the bad? What was the bad? I think, I think it was no FX or something. Oh, yeah, I was, I was going to guess no FX or MXPX. <laughs> Emmy Award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Well, Marcus, you are like a national treasure of information. Uh, And I mean that in the Nick Cage sense. Uh, (laughs) Thank you very much. This is amazing. Is there anything about Nazi fraudsters or the Hitler diaries that we're missing that we haven't covered that you you want to make sure that we you share with us? I think you about got it, man. I mean, as far as the Spear of Destiny goes, yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, definitely my favorite detail in all of it is Hans Lode's, his trip sitter. But overall, yeah, it's a fucking, it's not a good book. Don't read it. It's not very good. When you said trip sitter, I was like, man, it must be real. Only good trippers know about trip sitters. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I love it when there's a trip sitter around. That's like the best situation. Because, well, that's the thing is that if you read Spear of Death, if you look at the table of contents, and that's what really got me, like the table of contents is fucking amazing. Like, listen to some of these chapter titles. The Temptation of Adolf Hitler, The Footnotes of Satan, The ABC of the Grail (laughs) with Black Magic, The Antichrist of the Protocols, A Blueprint to Power, The Man Who Was Smooth Between the Legs. The Camel's Hump and the Sphinx's Inscrutable Smile. It goes everywhere. It fucking, it's, it's. It's all over the place. But that I did love, there was one more reading that I wanted to do, uh, talking about Hitler as a sexual being. Please. 
Most of all, Hitler is the reeking miasma of furtive, unnatural sexuality which fills and fouls the atmosphere around him, like an evil emanation. Nothing in his environment is straightforward. Surreptitious relationships, substitutes and symbols, false sentiments and hidden lusts, nothing in this man's surroundings is natural and genuine. Nothing has the openness of a natural instinct. Sid Forster, another one of Hitler's friends, Oh, if only Hitler knew how it does von good to have a fresh natural girl. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Whoa. It's a fun it's a fun passage, but those are few and far between. I just like it that Satan is using footnotes. Uh, I like it that <laughs> yeah. uh the personification of evil uses the Chicago Guide of Citation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Marcus, this is amazing. Thank you. I think w- this episode is now just so much better. It's not just the diaries. It's not just the, this Nazi. It's like all Nazism now, and it's it's great. And what happened to Hitler? The Spear of Destiny. Holy shit. I don't even know where to go right now. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hitler did kill him. The funny thing is about Trevor Ravenscroft, that one last thing, is that I'm pretty sure he got the uh, idea from Superman comics. Uh, because that's how DC Comics explained away, like, well, why didn't Superman just go and fucking get Hitler? Like, why didn't Batman go in there and just get him? Uh, because Hitler had the Spear of Destiny, Jesus. and the Spear of Destiny oh. kept all DC heroes out of the war. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he quite possibly, yes, just stole up from a fucking Superman comic. Kryptonite uh, tipped spear, which is actually the same weapon that was used by Kevin Spacey in Superman Returns. Yeah. Oh, and Batman vs. Superman, too. The new Zack Snyder ones. Yeah. Yeah. But the the idea was that the Spear of Destiny actually formed a border, a magical border around Germany that no superhero could penetrate. Just around Germany, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, their kids, the, their readers at that time were still children, so they could simplify it. Like, there wasn't like a kid be like, well, why can't he go down to Norway and help people out there? Like, it's, they don't know. They don't know the camps that are in Poland. Yeah, the kids don't know about the Maginot line. Like Shut up, know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marcus Parks, for your time and your wealth of knowledge about the Third Reich. You are a national treasure, sir. So just to recap, Ravenscroft's book was listed as nonfiction and spread through the occult community as if it was like the central to the narrative behind Hitler's motivations. But it turns out the book had several blatant historical errors and of course his main source was a dead guy that he spoke through through a medium okay but did the spear actually exist apparently there's research that attests the spear did exist but it was part of a group of items stored in nuremberg and then transferred to vienna to escape the french approaching during the revolutionary war of 1796 in 1938 the collection got taken back to nuremberg where they were hidden while the Allies advanced in 1945. Of course, the Allies won and returned the collection back to Vienna, where it is apparently displayed currently at the Hofburg Museum. We haven't been to the Hofburg Museum. Tough to get a hold of the Hofburg Museum right now to confirm this, but that's where we think it is now. But keep in mind, this is not the only lance that's been referred to as this. There are other spears from that time that have claimed to be the, quote, Spear of Destiny. And there's even a a, a story of the actual Spear of Destiny just being like this uh, destroyed hunk of metal after years uh, of wear and tear, if you will. 
So we live in a world right now where a comic book storyline crosses over and touches reality just enough that it can start to blur the line for just a few people. And that's really all you need. And that's how you get a hallucinating, prose-driven book passed off as nonfiction that is now embedded into communities and cultures throughout the world. And that's the fraud. That's what's fucking blowing me away. What do you think, Justin? How does this make you feel? Uh, You know... I nicknamed a part of my anatomy the Spear of Destiny, and my wife says that that's a fraud. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Honestly, that is actually a more real Spear of Destiny than the ones that we've been talking about here today. <laughs> so that is a, a little conclusion. This isn't wasn't a two-parter on the Third Reich. I didn't want to make it that. These were two very distinct stories. We thought it'd be nice to take a little break for a couple episodes from the hard financial stuff that we've been doing to kind of bring you something a little different. Uh, let us know what you think at fraudsterslp at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with some more crazy fraudsters. Justin Williams. Go to justinwilliamscomedy.com. If you send me an email, I'll come to your house. <laughs> and uh, Next week, we'll be back with more Crazy Fraudsters, back to some infomercials, back to some other financial scams that we think you'll know and love as well. As always, thank you, Hazel Bryan, our wonderful producer, Marie Anderson on editing. And again, as always, big thanks to Marcus Parks and The Last Podcast Network. And this has been a production of LPN and Zero Cool Media. We'll see you next time. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.